0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just love you, Lord God. We just love you, Lord. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, things are going to be tough. They're going to go from bad to worse. The Bible tells us that that's what's exactly going to happen. Um, things are not going to uh, get better. People are not going to get closer to God. They're going to drift away. But you know, the Bible also says that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And we've got a choice. We can either focus on what the enemy's doing. Or we can focus on what God is doing and what God wants to do on the earth. So even in these times that we're living in, what are are we seeing? Are we seeing all the negative things? Or are we seeing what God is doing in these times? I want to pray and believe. Lord, would you move amongst us, Lord God? Would Would you move with revival, Lord God? What an opportunity for the world to experience a powerful, mighty, Holy Ghost anointed revival. Can I hear an amen? Come on. And, and I want to pray and believe that that revival in Adelaide is going to start with a little church called Life Christian Centre in the middle of Adelaide. Can I hear an amen? Come on. Just want to believe that that's what's going to happen in the name of Jesus. And, you know, revival doesn't start with, um, with you know, some big thing that happens. Revival starts with you and me. Starts with you and me. Starts with us consecrating our lives to God. It starts by saying God would you do something with my life use me for your glory here I am send me we're gonna talk about that this morning and I want to pray and believe that God is going to use us in Jesus name come on what do we pray together as a church father we come before you in Jesus name and Lord even in these times that we're living in today would you help us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world that father what the enemy is using for harm That what the enemy is intending, planning to bring fear and division in the world, Father, that you will use those exact same things to bring about a mighty move of God. Father, we want to be a part of that. Father, we want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. We want to be a part of what you're doing in this city. We want to be a part of what you're doing in in our city of Adelaide, Lord God. We want to be a part of that, Lord God. Would you use us, Lord God? wherever you've planted us, in our schools, workplace, communities, suburbs, Lord God, wherever you've placed us, Lord God, would would you use our hands, would you use our feet, would you use our mouths, our hearts, our eyes, Lord God, to make a difference to you, not to point people to religion, but to point people to Jesus Christ. We love you so much, Lord God. We just love you, Lord God. We thank you that you're sovereign. We thank You You're above every circumstance and every situation. We thank You that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We thank You that no one and nothing can frustrate Your plans, Lord God. We thank You that You're a good God. You're a gracious God, a merciful, loving God. Father, we thank You that our lives are in Your hands. And Father, we rest in the knowledge. Father God, that You're a good God, that You love us. And Father, that You're in control. Father, we praise You and worship You. We bind every work of the enemy. We bind every distraction, every fear, every spirit of anxiety, Lord God. We come against it in Jesus' name. We just pray that in the midst of everything we're going through, that we would keep our eyes focused, fixed upon you, Lord God, focused on you, Lord God. We bind every work of the enemy. And I thank you for the freedom that we have. And I just pray for this morning, Lord God. I just pray that the glory of God would come amongst us, Lord. That the Spirit of God would rest in this place, in Jesus' name. That we would see your power move with miraculous, Lord God, healing, Father God, in Jesus' name. Father, that the Word of God would be a, 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 a light that would speak into people's hearts and lives, Lord God, I pray. That people would be released, restored, made whole because of what happens in this place here today. We love you so much, Lord God. We're so glad to be in your house. Our hearts are receptive and ready to hear from you, Lord God. A word that's going to impact our hearts and lives today, Lord God reach out across this whole congregation father those watching online Lord god would would you would you father would they experience your presence as well Lord god as we will we ask it in jesus name amen and amen and amen you may be seated thanks thank you worship team uh, for leading us in worship this morning if you have your bibles please turn with me to genesis chapter 6 Genesis chapter 6, reading from verse 1. The Bible says, When human beings began to increase in number on the earth, and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years go down to verse five the lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time the lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth and his heart was deeply troubled can you imagine god in heaven his heart it was deeply troubled wow so the lord said i'm going to wipe the face the ra- i'm going to put the face of the earth or the human race i've created and with them the animals the birds and the creatures that move along the ground for I regret that I've made them but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord let's pray so father I just thank you for your word and I thank you for this opportunity to gather as the Church of Jesus Christ and I just pray that by the Holy Spirit you would speak to us today that this word would become a revelation in our hearts and in our lives father let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word bind every spirit of fear and intimidation just let there be freedom speak a word into our hearts today we're hungry to hear from you Lord god above all else and this we pray and ask in jesus name amen and amen if you want to grow a church there's a number of subjects you should never speak on subjects like money um don't talk about money in church because it doesn't people don't like it you know it makes them feel uncomfortable Do we even talk about the offering today at all? didn't even talk about the offering today. Well, there you go, that's the reason why. Don't talk about sin, don't talk about hell, talk about heaven, but don't talk about hell, and don't talk about judgment, because that's just not nice. Um, The only problem with these tough subjects is that the Bible talks about them. Jesus spoke about them. Paul, John, Peter, they all spoke about it in the letters that they wrote and the epistles that they wrote. So I think it might be a good idea for us to talk about them as well we're in a series entitled but god two powerful words that can change the trajectory of our lives every time these two words appear in the bible what follows is radical change according to martin lloyd jones he said these two words in and of themselves contain the whole of the gospel message they're so powerful these two little words these two seemingly insignificant little words but god uh, in and of themselves contain whole gospel message why because no matter who you are no matter what you've done no matter how you've lived no matter what's happening happened to you what's happening to you even right now there can be a but God moment that radically changes your life we serve a God that in the midst of a sentence that describes our life he can interrupt that sentence he can disrupt that sentence. he can insert these two little words into that sentence that changes the description and the destiny of our lives, can I hear an amen? We've already seen the power of these two words in the life of Joseph. You intended for harm, but God, there's that word. You intended it for harm, the enemy intended it for harm, but God intended it for good. Times we're living in today. You know, that we, we, we can see them from two perspectives. Like I said a few weeks ago, it's, about, it's like seeing a coin. You can see just one side of the coin and just see all the, all the difficulties and all the perplexities, or you can see the whole situation from God's perspective. I pray that, that God would allow us to see our lives and what's happening in the world, that God would, would enable us to see what's happening from His perspective by His grace and for His glory. Last week, we saw those words in the context of salvation and today I want us to look at the power of these two words in the life of Noah one of the things the Bible says is that one day we will face judgment can I hear a little amen yes yeah let me just give you a few verses aren't you glad you came to church this morning come on it's great Um, let me show you a couple of verses that talk about this Paul says to the Corinthians so we make it our goal to please him whether we're at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due, us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So we make it our goal to please him. What a a great uh, purpose in life, vision for life, mission for life. Lord, I just want to please you. We make it our goal, we make it our ambition to please God, whether we're here or away from it, because we know that one day, we will appear before God and give an account for everything in our lives. Revelation 20 says another book was opened, which is the book of life, Christian center. The dead, it just says life there, all right? So it's the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Ecclesiastes says, you who are young, be happy while you are young. Let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see, but know that all of these things God will bring you into judgment. In other words, speaking to the young people, saying, have a great time. You know, pe- people think that God is a killjoy. I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that anywhere in scripture. Look, look at what God is saying. when you Be happy, uh, enjoy, uh, let, let your life give you joy, and so on and so on. But just remember that one day you will face judgment. There's a joy that will not face any kind of judgment and there's a joy that will. Why is it that the only things that, that we think that the only things that are gonna make us happy is doing sinful things? We, 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 there, there is such a thing as celebration and having a great time. That is not sinful. Can I hear an amen? There is a type of celebration that we can have that is not sinful. Amen. Bible says that one day we will all face judgment. This morning I don't want to so much speak about personal judgment because the place has already gone quiet. Um, what I do want to speak about is when a time when God judged the world, the world, when God judged the earth through Noah's flood. In case you're new to church, let me give you a quick run through the story. The Bible tells us that wickedness abounded on the earth. God decides to destroy Uh, mankind humankind he tells Noah to build an ark Noah preaches for 120 years telling people to turn to God no one listens not a very effective preacher Uh, then God destroys the earth with a flood and only Noah and his family were saved reason why it's so important that we stop and reflect on Noah's flood The, the reason why we need to stop especially in our day study understand what happened in Noah's flood are the words of Jesus Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Just like it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when Jesus returns again. So I think we should actually go back and study Noah's flood because it might give us some insight into when Christ might return. So what I wanna do with the time we have left is two things. Number one, I wanna briefly look at some similarities between Noah's day and our day. And then I want to pull out some principles out of the story that I pray are going to speak to all of us today. So what are some of the similarities? What, what are some of the similarities between Noah's day and our days? Recorded, uh, the Noah story is recorded in chapter 6, 7 and 8 and um, we we'll get a fair bit of information from there. Firstly, uh, there was an increase in population at the time. Genesis 6-1, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth, some estimates put the world's population at the time, at Noah's time, at about 4 billion. Not sure, there's a bit of different ideas of that, but around the 4 billion mark. For our generation, let's have a look at our generation. In 1800, there was 1 billion people. Um, 1900, 2 billion. Um, Right now, there are 8 billion. 2050, they're predicting... 10 billion people. World's population is growing exponentially. What are some of the similarities? There's a growth in the population. Secondly, there was no restraint in relation to morality. The sons of God saw the daughters of man uh, that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves all who, for, of whom they chose. Now there's a, there's a few, a uh, couple of verses in there, people have speculated as to what it means, what doesn't it mean, who were these people, who weren't these people and so on. I'll let you speculate, enjoy that. For me, I'm going to take the very basic um, interpretation. The sons of men were men and the daughters of men were women. I'm just going to take that approach there, all right? So what it tells us is that there was a breakdown in the family unit and immorality was abounding family was now replaced by sexual freedom and sexual perversion i think we can easily see the similarities in our day today thirdly wickedness abounded verse 5 then the lord saw the wickedness of men was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually i mean just just think about that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually we're living in a day and age like never before where the thoughts of men and women and people are continually evil. I mean, anybody agree with that? I I think that's the truth. The attack on the traditional family unit over recent years is a testimony to that and it doesn't stop. It just keeps on going and going and going. Feels like everything that is wholesome and right and godly is under attack. You know, we're living in a Christmas time and, and you know, once upon a time, even in the schools they could talk about Jesus and and whatever and you saw nativity scenes and so on oh but no don't no, no don't you dare talk about Jesus in schools now because that's religion we can't talk about that in the schools. talk about Father Christmas and all the rest of it that's all cool but but just one of the things that is astounding me you know a few weeks ago the world celebrated Halloween And just look at halloween how it's kind of creeping in it's kind of crept into our society and now we've got children dressing up in all kinds of rubbish demons and and you know corpses and 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 oh it's just in the name of fun and schools are happy to celebrate all of that no problem whatsoever with that yeah bring it in let's all do it let's have a dress up at school but let's not talk about jesus every intent of the thoughts of the heart was only evil continually The Bible is true, the spirit of the Antichrist, it's an anti-Christ, it's an anti-God, it's an anti-Bible spirit that is everywhere. Whatever the Bible says, we're gonna do the opposite. We're gonna do the opposite of that. Finally, the earth was filled with violence. The earth was also corrupt, says verse 11, and the earth was filled with violence. All you need to do is look at the data and see an increase in violence at every level in the world. these are the signs. These are all the signs of the end times. So. And there's some similarities there between Noah's day and our day. So what do we learn from Noah's flood about the times that we're living in today? First thing that we need to understand is that one day Christ is going to return uh, and the earth uh, is going to be destroyed. Um, That one day Jesus will return and earth as we know it will not be the same. Peter said in the last days, many will say where is this coming he promised ever since our ancestors died everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word the heavens came into being and the earth was formed out of water and by water by these waters also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed speaking about Noah's flood by the same word the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly well there it is Uh, that that the word of the Lord created the earth by that same word the earth was destroyed in Noah's day by the same word the present heavens are reserved for fire being kept for the day of judgment Jesus said about the end times for in the days before the flood people were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage up to the day of Noah and up to the day Noah entered the ark and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away that's how it's gonna be when the Son of Man comes again our world has an expiry date on it our world has an expiry date on it one day this is all going to end just like the flood came all of a sudden no one was ready for it no one believed it would happen the, the, this world one day is gonna Jesus is going to return and the world is going to come to an end as we know it. can I hear an amen one day the disciples asked Jesus when will the end be About the signs of the end times, Jesus said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against its kingdom. There'll be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Pestilences and pandemics and and so forth. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, all these are the beginning of birth pains. There is a day when the world, as we know it, will come to an end. Second thing that we need to understand is that God is patient. He wants no one to perish. Bible says that the wickedness abounded and God made a decision. He was gonna destroy the earth. Look at verse three. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with humans forever. What God was saying there is that he will contend, but not forever. God is patient, but not forever. He will wait, but not forever. God then chose Noah to build an ark and for 120 years Noah warned the people of impending doom but no one would listen to Noah God seems to let sin get worse until a time when his patience comes to an end God is patient he doesn't act immediately but he does act God is slow to anger abounding in love but it doesn't mean he doesn't get angry he will strive but not forever Many people believe that God is this God in heaven. Who he just can't wait to judge the earth. He's busting, I mean, he just, he just can't wait. He just can't wait for that day when he can judge the earth and just really give it to people, you know. Some people see God that way. But as we look at the scriptures, that's not, that's not the heart of God at all. As we look at the scriptures, we, we don't see that at all throughout the Bible. Look at what the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3, 16, we know that so well, that scripture so well. For God so loved the world, he loved humanity, he loved the world that he gave his one and only. he gave the best that he could so that we could spend eternity with God. That's the heart of God. Now, in case you're not sure about it, look at verse 17, John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. It's not the reason why the Son of Man came, but to save the world through Him. God's preferred way of dealing with us is grace and mercy and love. That's that's, that's the way God wants to deal with you and me. His preferred way is that 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 we would experience the grace and the mercy of God. Peter says, the Lord is not slow in keeping His promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. It's the heart of God. God's heart is for the lost sheep. God's heart is for the person who's drifted away from God. God is the kind of God that leaves the 99, he goes in search for that one lost sheep. Where is that sheep? There's gotta be somewhere, I gotta find it. He's the kind of God that leaves us behind and goes in search of that person who's far from God. They gotta be somewhere. He's the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance and the fifth chance. Can I hear an amen somewhere? god wants to be our savior and not our judge now what i've seen over the years is that there's this kind of people have tend to have these kind of two two kind of extreme views of god so you know there are those that you know see god as this judgmental god like he's he's angry all the time you know he's always in a bad mood people kind of perceive god that way kind of down this end but then there's another there's a an, there's another group of people that kind of see him down this side of it where he's just the teddy bear He's just a big big teddy bear. Oh god he's a loving god and he and he just he doesn't he doesn't care. You just just hey look as long as you you got good intentions you know god you'll be right she'll be right on the on on the day. Both of those are mistakes. Both of those extremes are mistakes. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews wrote 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 to the church because this was really for the church. He said this, but if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. That's a tough scripture. Many people say that they think that's a tough scripture. Just turn to the person next to you. and Just say that's tough. Make sure your mask on. It's just tough. That's tough. That's a tough scripture. But you know you can have two people one you can have two people struggling with the same thing one person says oh who cares doesn't matter god is a he's a gracious god he, that's fine you can do whatever you want it's no problem or you can have another person that's struggling say god would you help me god would you guide me god 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 help me to deal with the struggle that i'm going through those two people are completely different one has their heart pointing towards god one has their heart pointing away from god god wants to be our savior and not our judge. Please understand the heart of God, that God loves you. If you're here today and you're visiting, I want you to know that God loves you. God cares about you. He wants to see you in eternity with God. He, he came so that you could experience life and life in abundance. That's the will of God for your life. And if you would just open up your heart to Him, uh, you would experience that. Third thing we learned from the story of, uh, of, uh, of Noah is that God is looking for someone to use. So the Lord said, I'm going to wipe man from the face of the earth um, and with them the animals, the birds, for I regret that I have made them. So glad the verse doesn't finish there because it goes on to say, but Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. What a beautiful scripture. You know, the earth was terrible. God is looking at the earth and there's corruption. There's uh, violence and evil is increasing and there's immorality. And in the midst of all of that, God sees one person. He sees Noah. Noah. God sees the heart of Noah and he sees someone that's different. We're living in a world that is not unlike the days of Noah. And we can focus on all the evil that is happening around us. Things are bad and they're getting worse and build a bunker and hide away. Or we can say, here am I, Lord, send me. Come on church, we can, we can, we can, we can say, we can say, Lord, here, here am I, Lord God, send me, use me for your glory. We need, we need to understand that God is still looking For a man or a woman that he can use for his glory the bible says for the eyes of the lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him about asa god said asa's heart was fully committed to the lord all of his life josiah uh, neither before nor after josiah was there a king like him who turned to the lord as he did with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength in accordance with all the law of moses it's a good name for your son somewhere. You know, is a Josiah here somewhere? <laughs> it's a joke. Um, God scans the earth. And in the midst of the wickedness and violence, he sees Noah. He sees Noah. I pray that as God looks at the earth today, He's gonna see you and me. Can I hear an Amen? Come on, church. I pray that He would see you and me. That as God sees all the things that are going wrong, people that He would, he He that in the midst of all of that, He would, He would see you and me. People that are fully committed to God. People whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Desires to please God, to obey God. People who would set themselves apart to be used by God in a powerful way. God is not looking for perfect people, He's looking for people whose hearts are pointed towards Him, whose hearts are directed towards Him, to the things of God. What a, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. What a great scripture. I pray that that would be the testimony of our heart. I, I, I pray that God would use us. You know, one of the things I pray every single day, I say, Lord God, do something with my life. Do something with my life. I, I want to be less connected to this earth and more connected with eternity. Can I hear an amen? The, the Bible says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I, I want to I fix my eyes on the eternal. And I want to say, God, would you do something with my life for God? thank you for everything that i have thank you for everything that you've given me lord but i don't want my heart vested in the things of this earth i want to be used by god but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord but in the midst of all that wickedness he saw noah and he said there's something different about noah i can use a noah I don't know about you, but I want to position my heart before God. I want to say, God, Lord, in the midst of everything that you see, Lord, if you need someone to go, if you need someone to do something, if you need someone in this environment or that environment, Lord, I want you to know that I'm available to be used by you. I want that Isaiah spirit. Here am I, send me, Lord God. Here am I, send me. Use me, Lord God, for your glory. Pray that that would be the testimony of our heart that God would look at us as a church and say, well, there's a church that I can use. There's a church that I can do something with. I pray that that would be the testimony of my heart. I've been praying that prayer since I was, I don't know, in my teens. Lord, do something with my life. I continue to pray it every single day. And I believe God listens when we pray that kind of prayer in Jesus' name. So Noah builds an ark preaches for 120 years but no converts only people that are saved are his family and two of every type of animal for six months the ark just floated on the water not knowing what was going to happen next six months rain for 40 days and then for six months this ark is just floating on the water and then there's this beautiful verse genesis 8:1, and it says but god remembered noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark and he sent a wind over all the earth and the waters receded I'm sure there were even two mosquitoes on that on, on that ark I mean if we would have just got rid of those two mosquitoes on that ark I man what a different world two flies there was a great, great chance there but anyway they're still around but listen but God remembered Noah what does it mean but God remembered Noah what does it what does it mean but God remembered does it mean that God was busy Does that mean that God had forgotten him? Does that mean that God was somewhere doing some stuff and he goes, oh my goodness, Noah, he's on a boat. I forgot about him. Um, Doesn't mean that at all. It means that God was ready to fulfill the promise he made to Noah. Hughes, a commentator, says this, the hinge between the two halves of the flood story is in Genesis 8-1, but God remembered Noah. And the function of that hinge is this, God remembering is more than a recollection because when God remembers, he acts. When God remembered Abraham, he saved Lot. When he remembered Rachel, she conceived. And God remembers Noah, which means he was ready to fulfill the promise he made to Noah. Now, I don't know how Noah felt floating on that water, but he, he, he must have thought, you know, uh, where is God, what's happening? I mean, God had not given him a time frame as to, as to when everything was gonna happen. Uh, there was no sign of dry land. And he kind of could have been wondering, Lord, where are you? What are you doing? Am I I, I gonna just die on this floating coffin? You know. When the Bible says God remembered Noah, it means that God was faithful to his promise. God made a covenant with Noah. And this was the fulfillment of that covenant. God made a promise to Noah. And when the Bible says, and God remembered Noah, it means he was ready to fulfill the promise that he had made to Noah. Noah it reminds us that God is a God that fulfills the promises he makes to you and me. That God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should change his mind. That what he has said he shall do, what he has promised shall come to pass. There are some of you here today and you, you feel like you're in a floating boat. You're wondering where is God? You're wondering has God forgotten you? you're starting to wonder, are his promises real? Is he really coming back? Is this thing of heaven and hell, is that all real? Or is it just a figment of our imagination? Is the promise of eternal life real? Because as I look at my life, it just feels like it's one hardship another. I just feel like I'm on a boat floating in water going nowhere. I, I just feel like the things in my life seem to be getting worse and worse. I, I, I just wonder, is, is it real? Is eternity real? There is a sense in scripture that we are saved. We are saved when we give our life to Jesus Christ. There's a sense in scripture that we are being saved. In other words, that, sanctifi- that salvation is outworking itself in our lives one day at a time. That's the process of sanctification. But there's a sense that we will never experience the full benefits of salvation until we are with Jesus in eternity. The writer to the Hebrews says about those who were martyred for their faith. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would that be made perfect. When we read the statement, but God remembered Noah, it reminds us that God is faithful to his promise. If God has said it, He will do it. It reminds us that no matter what we're going through in our own lives, if God has said it, He will do it. I love the scripture in, uh, in, in Job. Job said this, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. Job was going through one of the toughest times in his life. He was at the bottom of the darkest point in the valley that you could possibly be. And it's in that place where every thought, every temptation in his mind would have been to turn your back on God. But it's in that point that he says, but I know that my redeemer lives. And one day I shall see him in the name of Jesus. Titus says this, so just let me give you some scriptures about eternity, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Listen carefully to the heart of God, for the grace of God has appeared, his name is Jesus, that offers salvation to everyone. It's a salvation that's offered to every race and every kind of people, male, female. Vaccinated and unvaccinated, everybody can get the salvation. It's free for all. You know. Can I hear an amen? Mm. <laughs> it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in the present age. Just listen to these words of Titus. Listen to what he says. The grace of God has appeared to everyone. Salvation is for everyone. And it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. I don't want to do that stuff. And worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I'm saved and I I want to live a godly life. Why? Because we're waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Saviour. There ought to be a sense that we live our lives in two ways and they kind of seem opposing. One is that Jesus will never return, we need to live that way. But there's another sense that that we need to live our lives as if Jesus could return tomorrow. There's a sense where our suitcase needs to be packed ready because Jesus could return at any moment. I love the old hymns because Every last verse of an old hymn always talked about the return of Christ because people needed to be reminded, listen, you're only here for a short time. Don't get too comfortable on this earth because we don't belong here. Our citizenship is in heaven. Why we wait for the appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Enjoy everything that God gives you on this earth, but always keep your mind focused on on eternity because we don't belong on this earth. We're waiting for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, there it is again, his great love. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, salvation, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, and fade. We've got an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me john has a revelation of heaven and says and then i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea and i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying look God's dwelling place is now among the people and He will dwell with them and they shall be His people and God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death. I can't wait till that day. No more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. There's a day coming when we're gonna experience the reality of that. Jesus said, for the Son of Man will come in the glory. Of, no, it doesn't say might come. It's thinking about coming. For the Son of Man will come in his glory, his Father and his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. And then there's that beautiful scripture, Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And one day I shall see him. I want you to know that God will not forget his promise to you and me. I want, I want you to know that God will not, but God Remember Noah means he, rem- he, he is faithful to the promise that he makes to you and me. And it may feel like we're on a boat just floating, going nowhere. It may feel like God has given a promise, but we're on a boat just floating. Don't know what's gonna happen next. But I want you to remember that no matter how difficult, painful, challenging, perplexing our life becomes that God has promised eternal life joy unspeakable and full of glory heaven eternity with God and if he has said it he will do it can I hear an amen we don't belong on this earth we belong to heaven I, I just pray that we would live with that kind of mentality. I don't know about you, but there's a, there's a pull inside of me continually to this earth. There's a continual pull to the things of this world. Come on, just work a little bit harder. Just get this. You need this. You need that. You need the other thing. You need you need so much. Come on, just a little bit more. You know, you, you, when you're young, you think, oh, I want to get married. I got to do this, got to do that. And then you got to start thinking about retirement. Got to plan for retirement gotta work a little bit harder to plan for retirement and then you get into retirement and you start going I've got a bit of an ache here I got a bit of an ache here <laughs> and you can't enjoy the retirement that you've worked all your life for you know there's this constant pull to the things of the world the things of this world are a distraction from what God has called us to do I, I pray that we would get a revelation of eternity I pray that we would get a revelation of eternity. When you start to, when you start to, when you get a revelation of eternity, your life is different. And you know, God, we we can live with a with a with an earthly mindset or an eternal mindset. Some people think, oh Pastor Joe, does that mean I have to quit my job, become a missionary? No, no, it doesn't mean any of that at all. It means you keep doing what you're doing, but you can do what you're doing with an earthly mindset or an eternal mindset. You can go to work because you gotta do what you gotta do so I can get a pay packet at the end of the week. Or you can see your workplace as a mission field for Jesus Christ. You you can see that classroom as I gotta get through the day or you can see a mission field before you. I pray that we would have an eternal mindset, an eternal mindset. Because when when you get a glimpse of eternity man you, you start getting excited when, when you start to get a glimpse of eternity and what God might do in and through your life you 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 get exci- you can't wait to wake up in the morning your life changes one final scripture Hebrews 9 27 just as people are destined to die once I mean you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be glad you came to church just for this verse okay You're going to be going. I'm so glad I went to church. Here it is. Tim, I need some soft music because it's a tough scripture. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Beautiful. (laughs) Two very important truths in that verse. Truth number one, we're all going to die. Death rate. Still hovering around the 100% mark. So, when I read the newspaper, I usually check the death notices. I check, is my, my picture there? No, not there. No, it's all good today. It's good. I'm still alive. That's cool. One truth is, we will all die. Second truth is, we will all face judgment. We will all appear before God one day, all of us. The Bible says every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. But I don't believe in God. Doesn't matter what you believe. One day the Bible says we will all bow down before God. That's the second truth. But the verse doesn't stop there. Thank God. It goes on to say, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and He will appear a second time not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for Him. We will all bow down, the Bible says, to God. We will bow down to Him as either our Savior or our judge. My prayer is that we will all bow down to Him as our Savior because that's His heart. That's not my prayer. That's God's prayer for you. His prayer for you and me and everybody in the world is that we would all bow down to Him as our Lord and Saviour. Pastor Joe, what do I need to do to meet Him as my Saviour? It's complicated, really complicated. All you need to do is invite Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Acknowledge your sin. Know that God loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Acknowledge your sin, it's the sin It's the sin that creates distance between us and God. Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The consequences of sin is eternal separation from God. We need to acknowledge that all of us have sinned. None of us are perfect. And then we need to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Someone's gotta pay for that sin. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin. He took the punishment upon Himself. He says, Joe, don't worry. Don't worry, Joe, I'll I'll handle the sin in your life. And He took the penalty, paid the price. And if we believe that Jesus died on the cross and confess Him as our Lord and Saviour, you, you, you will experience salvation. But not only salvation, we will experience the promise of eternal life. Bible says that it's like the Holy Spirit seals our heart, and we know deep down in our spirit we know that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord. I don't care what happens in this. I don't care, Pastor Joe. Are you worried about? COVID? I'm not worried at all. <laughs> I'm, you understand what I'm saying? Because of deep si- deep inside of my heart, I know God is in control, and if anything should happen. I'll be in eternity with God. been joking around about the vaccine with some of the staff. Which vaccine are you going to get? It's a tough choice. You've got to decide whether you... I've got to be careful what I say here because this is bad. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> uh, just take it with a pinch of salt. Just that Joe has gone off the... Yeah. Decide are you going to die from a heart attack or you're going to die from a blood clot. You know, it's a tough one, you know. Either way, we're going to be in glory, in Jesus' name. <laughs> what did Paul say? Paul said, oh, man, I want to be with you, but I actually I'd rather be in heaven. It's a tough choice. What do, I, what do I want to do? Man, I want to be in glory, but oh, I just want to be with you too. You know, so if I stay, I'm going to, be used by God. Not worried. It's in God's hands. He's great. And do everything we can. We're going to do everything we can. We're not going to be stupid. We're going to do everything that we can. We're going to do everything that we can. But at the same time, we're going to trust that God is going to see us through in Jesus' name. Will you stand with me? just so want every eye closed, every head bowed. Because there just might be someone here who you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you might be thinking, oh Pastor Joe, I've got plenty of time to think and you know, I'm still young. Hey, eternity could come at any time for any of us. Bible talks about the man that said, well, I've got so rich, I'm gonna build bigger barns and I'm gonna eat, drink and be merry. And the Lord said, you fool, tonight your soul is gonna be demanded of you. You fool. The bible says today is the day of salvation today is the day tomorrow we don't know tomorrow but today is the day of salvation i want every eye closed every head bowed and there could be someone here you've never ever given your life to jesus christ or you're not sure about eternity come on you can be sure by praying a simple prayer that just invites jesus christ to be your lord and savior there may be no one we may all be cool here and that's good for me but there could be someone who's not sure about eternity well why not leave this place being sure about your eternity and you can do so by just praying this simple prayer so while every eye is closed every head is let's respect this moment because it's an individual decision there might be someone here who who would like to say yes i want to invite jesus christ as my lord and savior and all you need to do is just put up your hand. That's all I ask you to do. I'm not going to invite you down the front. I'm not going to take your name and address. I'm not going to do any of that rubbish. All we're going to do is I'm going to just lead you in a prayer right up the back. Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Is there somebody else? You're not sure about eternity. You're not sure about eternity. And you want to be sure this morning. Is there someone else here? yep thank you so much down the back there thank you thank you that's all just put your hand up put it right back down again that's all i'm going to ask you to do nothing else nothing else just wait one more moment christians pray someone's eternity is on the balance here come on is there somebody else we're going to pray thank you thank you well done proud of you well done somebody else everybody to pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus I give my life to you thank you for dying on the cross for my sins and rising from the dead three days later I want to serve you all the days of my life I give my heart to you be the Lord and Savior of my life in Jesus name Amen Father, I just thank you that your word is so powerful. (laughs) I just thank you for the spirit of your word. And I thank you for your heart towards humanity, Lord God. I've seen those that have raised their hands, Lord God, even those that are listening to this service this morning, Lord God, via internet. I, I, I just pray, Father God, that each person would experience the power of salvation. We love you so much, Lord God. We love you so much. We just thank you for who you are and what you want to do in and through our lives. Use us, Lord God. Father, we don't want to just live our lives accumulating stuff that has no eternal value. Father, we make ourselves available like Noah. Father, use us, Lord God. Help us to see what you see in the world today. Use us for your glory, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you you're going to use every man and woman in this church in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you're going to use Life Christian Center for your glory. Bind every distraction of the enemy. Come against it in Jesus' name. Be glorified today, I pray. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. As always, we're available here at the front to pray for anyone that would like prayer. God bless you. You have a great day.